So as I said, today is Memorial Day. I want You know me, I always give you a little history lesson anytime we're celebrating because it's important for you to know. I've always enjoyed history, the traditions that it created it. Many times we celebrate something with the day off and we have no earthly idea why we're celebrating it. But Memorial Day was first widely observed on May 30th, 1868. And it was originally known as Decoration Day. Decoration Day was when we would, uh, not we, uh, back in 1868, the, our, our forefathers would go and visit the graves of the Civil War um, to decorate the graves to, to honor the sacrifice that they gave. And then it was expanded on to become decorating after World War I and World War II. And in 1971, Congress declared Memorial Day as a national holiday. And that's what we're supposed to be about as far as remembering the sacrifice that was given. But if you take a poll and ask people, so you got a three-day weekend, what are you doing this weekend? Some are, some of, as you can see, we have many that are out already starting their holidays, but we've got some that will be swimming, some that will be playing golf, some that will be barbecuing, and those are all great activities. And this morning I saw a little news, it was just a 30-second little news clip that in Tarrant County, that tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock, there's going to be a ceremony at uh, Mount Olivet, one of the national cemeteries. And they said that they're expecting six to 700 people at this event. And I started thinking about the population of Fort Worth and Tarrant County and how many millions of people are represented. And what would that be, 600 people? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to say that's 1% of our population one, and so let's, let's take this whole congregation, and I'll just choose Leah. Leah's our 1%. And the rest of us are just going to go through and have a great time and not even realize what Memorial Day was all about. The sacrifice that was given so that we can have the freedoms that we have today. The sacrifice that was given so that we have the ability to pursue life, liberty, and happiness that we can preach boldly, that we can have a t-shirt that says choose life, that we can have uh, the ability to share with our neighbors the freedom that have been given because of sacrifices of others. Now as you know, this ties in perfectly with the series that I have been on about serving others. And today's slide is going to be a little bit different. But today's message is, what will your memorial be? What will your memorial be? Sometimes we have to take a look at, life goes by so quickly. Yesterday, as my son graduated from high school, and they did a real quick photo thing of him, and how quickly, in 45 seconds, I saw my son grow up, I realized how fast life goes by. And Auburn kind of said to me later, she said, don't worry, i still got several more years. But I said, you know what, we're in one of those middle slides, because boom, there'll be an older slide of her there, and then all of a sudden it'll be her graduation. And as any parents know, time goes by extremely fast. Except that diaper stage. That kind of lingered a little bit long. But everything else goes really, really fast. In fact, Walmart stock dipped when we got the last child out because I, I stopped buying them. <laughs> you all know what that means. But I'd like for us to be a, a congregation that truly remembers the sacrifice that has been given. And every American here today should recognize that this day is out of patriotic duty. And it's made America what it is, free and strong as a nation. A nation worth fighting for and a nation worth dying for. And because men and women have 
given their lives, we today have the freedoms. So it's important that we have that ability to honor and remember. How does that tie in your message today, Pastor Mark? Well, there's actually two ladies that I'd like to point out today in the passages that Jesus remembers. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to be speaking out of Matthew 26. and We're going to look at verses 6 through 13. Matthew 26, 6 through 13. Both are very, very familiar passages. And this is what the Word of God is saying to us. Jesus was at Bethany in the home of Simon, a man who had suffered from a skin disease. I love that. You know me, when you're reading through, stop every scripture and just take a look at what that means. It didn't say that he was still continuing to have a skin disease. He had a skin disease. You see, when Jesus is in the house, there's no sickness and disease. Do you understand? When we bring Jesus into our lives, we can lay everything down before him. I truly believe, I'm going way off track here, but I truly believe that an outpouring is coming to America. A healing outpouring that is going to revolutionize the body of Christ. I've been preparing you to get ready for that outpouring. I truly have. I've been saying we need to get ready. We need to get ready. We need to get ready. We need to get our lives in order. Because when God brings in that influx... We need to be ready for that. Do you understand? As a business owner, if, if you're going through life, and I said, Bill, you, you got your shop up and running. Well, what's going to happen when, when you hit the Internet and you start putting that product out, and all of a sudden the orders just start coming in? Are you ready to handle all the e-commerce that's about to happen? Well, i got Fran beside me, and, and, and she'll run down the post. See, sometimes we don't plan for the growth. Do you understand? And what God has been speaking to me is, Mark, get ready. I'm about to do an outpouring that we have never, ever experienced or encountered before as a body of Christ. And healing is going to be a a sign to bring the people in. Verse 7, And while Jesus was sitting there, a woman went to him with a bottle of very expensive perfume and poured it on his head. Verse 8, The disciples were irritated when they saw this. I just can't imagine being irritated hanging out around Jesus when he knows your thoughts. You know what I'm... Now, Kristen, over the several 20-something years we know, she knows me, okay? Most of y'all can kind of read my facial expressions, but when you are around the Son of God who knows your thoughts, who knows you're bickering on who's going to sit on his right-hand side, you're getting irritated around him? I'm thinking, hello? Have you understand who you're with? But these, the disciples are seeing this happening and, and they're getting irritated with what she's doing. Verse 9, it could have been sold for a high price and the money could have been given to the poor. Now there's a good man's viewpoint. I'm going to be honest with you right there. You know what I mean? Kristen, do we really need to spend that much money on that? We could have sold that. We could have done this, you know? I mean, that is just... my. There's Sometimes we look at things so differently. Verse 10, since Jesus knew what was going on, he said to them, I told you, you, you when you're hanging out with Christ... And no matter what is seen or what is said, it's going to be revealed. Okay? I want you to know that. The more you get closer to Christ, even though you're not saying it, what's in your heart is going to get revealed and is going to be dealt with. Jesus knew what was going on and he said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me with you. She poured this perfume on my body before it is placed in a tomb. I can guarantee this truth 
that wherever this good news is spoken in the world, what she has done and what, what also will be told in memory of her. So when I ask you, what will be your memorial? What will people remember about you? What sacrifice will you do in your life that will be remembered? Because if we really look at it, a lot of the things that we do today, day to day will never be remembered. In fact, most of us will never probably even be mentioned in a history book. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm just kind of going with the law of averages. Some of you might be, but most of us won't. Really, the only thing that will be remembered by us are the people that we affect, the people that we touch, the change that we are able to encounter. You know, I loved being able to go into the activity center on Friday, and there were wall-to-wall people in there, and they were studying to take their, their PACE test, and then they were going to be heading back. And I was thinking about the impact that this group is going to make all around the world. That these young people, they could be pursuing their careers, they could be doing whatever they want, and they're fulfilling what God has called them to do. To be able to go into the schools and just to be the light of the world in there. What a great opportunity. What a great way to serve Christ. What a way to follow. And I was just thinking of the multiplication of what that group's going to do. And I was so excited just to see them all in one room. Because there's every once in a while you get those snapshots and when everyone's together, just like Austin's graduating class when they said, everybody together because after that last photo, boom, they all go out. They listed all the colleges that they're going to and all the life plans they have. But every once in a while you get everyone together. And when I walked into that group, I saw the potential of what God was going to be doing all around the world. And I was so excited because sometimes we have to see the body of Christ in motion. Sometimes we have to see everything happening. I think what God allows us to see is very minimal about what is really happening in the world today. So it's important that we understand. This woman's sacrifice is mentioned because it touched Jesus' life. He was captivated by her sacrifice. And today is Memorial Day. We demonstrate, we remember those people that demonstrated their priorities. Those who gave the supreme sacrifice, their life, their life for our nation. Men and women of the armed forces who fought and died so that others may have life and liberty. John 15.13 says that no one shows greater love than he who lays down his life for his friends. No one shows a greater love than he who lays down his life for his friends. Yes, it's great that you can write a check. And yes, it's great that you can um, visit someone but how many people would we really be willing to die for? Amen. Today I want you just to be thinking about Memorial Day in our lives. There's a passage here I want to read to you that really should become a, a banner passage for all of our lives. It's Philippians 2, 4, and it says this, Do not be concerned only by your own interest, but also be concerned about the interest of others. Amen. Now this passage is so simple, but it's so blatant against everything that society is throwing at us today. Everything in our corporate world is geared towards making your business number one, climbing the company ladder, making success, making more money, getting that promotion, getting that windowed office that everybody wants. 
Having that parking space. It's amazing what becomes really important to us. That this 8 by 10 piece of gravel becomes a trophy to us. Do you see where I get to park? I don't have to walk outside like everyone else. I get that. So I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to spend extra hours. I'm going to have to pay a price with my family. I'm going to have to miss some events. I'm going to have to miss some suppers. But this is what's important to me. But what is going to be your memorial? Because once you move that cornered office, rarely do they engrave your name on that wall. In fact, they put it on your desk so that when you leave, you can take it with you. So there's your memorial. But that's what was important to so many people in America today. It's about becoming number one, no matter what it costs me, becoming number one in my work or, or in this organization or in the political viewpoint or whatever the case may be. And Jesus is saying, Amen. don't be so involved in yourself. Amen. Get involved in others. Amen. That's what the scripture is saying to us. It's saying, do not be so focused on yourself that you ignore other people. And yet today, our society in general is focused on ourselves. We do more beauty treatments. We have cosmetics and we have beauty and we have tuck and trim and this and that. And they can pluck and they can plant and they can pull. And why do we do all that? Because we want to look good. Right? Why do I want to look good? I'm already married. I want to just be married to her. I'm not selling myself to anyone else. As long as she's happy, I'm happy. Do you understand? The only time you usually wash your car is if you're selling it. This car's not for sale. So as long as I make sure Kristen's happy, man, life is good. So I don't need to pluck and pull and twist, but because I want to focus on the needs of other people. But you can become so self-absorbed, okay, that you don't see or hear the needs of other people anymore. And it becomes a gradual thing. And more and more and more today, we're closing our ears off to the cries of the hungry. There's an organization that I came across. I'd like for you to visit their website. It's called Skip, S-K-I-P, one, the number one, dot org. I read about it, checked it out. The whole premise was based upon the fact that every six seconds a child dies in this world out of hunger. Six seconds. Do you realize that just in this message there will be a fairly large group of individuals that died. And what it's saying to us in America is, could you skip Starbucks one day and send that money to an organization to feed? Could you skip a manicure or a pedicure? Could you skip the car wash and, no, don't, don't kill the messenger, actually wash the car yourself? There is so much that we have and so much in this world, especially in America, that we take for granted. What if you just said one day, one lunch, we're not going to go eat out and we're going to send that money to a missions organization? What a minimal sacrifice that would be and what a difference it would make in the lives of people that one day we'll find out when we're in heaven. The difference that we made. So I really love that organization. That's what I loved about Pays when they came is that they're all about making change and in the school systems. And man, that's where, the, that's where the light of Christ really needs to be is in the public schools. I thought, what a great opportunity for us. So it's important that we see 
that when we read Philippians 2, 4, it says, do not be concerned only about your own interest. That's a hard prayer. I'm going to tell you. Because, you know, if I gave out pieces of paper, every one of you could list some concerns and interests in your lives right now. And then what if we took that piece of paper and we just handed it to someone else? And said, okay, instead of this week, you praying about your promotion and the healing you need in your body and the, what you need to happen in your family and what you'd like to happen in your finances and what you'd like to happen here and there and there. What if you prayed for that other person's list? Oh, but pastor, who's going to be praying for my needs? Well, hopefully the person that got your card. But I think God would honor your prayers more when they're for other people than just being self-consumed. Sometimes do we really feel that God needs an update on our lives? That's really more for our self-benefit. God, I need to tell you what's going on in my world. (laughs) And yet he's like, I know every cell and fiber in your body right now. I know things going on in your body you don't even know about. And yet we feel like every once in a while we need to bring God up to speed on what's happening in our lives. When he's really saying, could we be concerned about the interest of others? Spending our time, effort, energy into what's happening in the world around us. This incident teaches us the importance of perceiving the true value of things. The true value of things. To her, the woman who poured out the perfume, the expensive perfume... There was no question that Jesus was worth the sacrifice she paid. There was no question to her that her actions, that Jesus was worth it. And I've been thinking about this point a lot because sometimes Jesus is asking us to do things and we take that in comparison to what we would like to do and then we realize that that's a little too much. And then is that a way of us saying, Jesus, your sacrifice wasn't really that much to me? Because when we truly understand what Christ did on the cross for us, and that through that single moment on the cross, grace, salvation, forgiveness, mercy, healing, eternal redemption took place, our whole lives should be as a servant to Christ. And not about our agenda. Not about our plans. Everything that should be important to us is what's important to Him. She understood the sacrifice that was to take place. How could her deed be misinterpreted as harshly as the disciples? I'm going to tread on very thin ice and go into the way men and women think. That's why guys don't... That's where I'm meeting this Tuesday night. I didn't want to have any comments from you. But men say, I love you, and then sometimes they fail to show it in actions. Instead of using a very dangerous situation in my life, I'm using a story from Ken Davis in his book, Lighten Up. (laughs) Ken's telling us that for the first 15 years of his marriage, he was a terrible husband. And his wife had a full-time job and was his secretary and mothered their daughters and waited on him hand and foot without demanding that he ever lift a finger to help. He said, I love my wife very much, but I hadn't learned how to show my love. That really stood out to me. He loved his wife, but he really didn't know how to show her that love. And he said that God used a vacuum cleaner to teach him a lesson. He said, first I learned that our cat was terrified of the vacuum cleaner, and that kept me entertained for about an hour. (laughs) 
And then as I vacuum one direction, a stripe would appear. Entranced by that, I, I striped the whole room. And then I went crossways to make a great checkerboard pattern. And I got carried away with that, so I dusted the furniture and I straightened out the entire house. I was in my easy chair once again when his wife came home and she struggled through the door with a bag of groceries under each arm. And she kicked the door shut with her foot and looked at the house with total amazement and with an expert's glance. And her mouth dropped open and slowly the bag slipped from her grasp and dropped to the floor. And she said, who did this? She asked. And he said, I did, I said. And without warning, she attacked me, diving with me, smothering me with kisses and hugs and showing gratitude on me. And the kisses grew passionate and we broke the chair. He said, that day the vacuum taught me an important lesson. Guys, here's the lesson I want to teach you. That love is expressed with more than just words. Love is expressed more than just words. You buying a Hallmark card telling your wife how another person feels about them is not truly what she wants. Yes, it's great poetry. And yes, it's got pop out and little confetti came out. And that's great. But those words that she wants to hear need to come from your heart. Do you understand? She needs to understand how you feel. And not just to tell her that you love her, but to show her. See, women have the ability to take actions and show love. Men sometimes need a little help being pushed on this. And when this woman poured out that expensive perfume, knowing the sacrifice that was about to take place, knowing that Christ was... I I truly believe she knew what was about to happen to Christ's life. I truly believe the Holy Spirit was still moving through her, telling her, getting her ready for that, preparing her for that. But the men were just looking at the monetary value of it. That was a waste. We could have done a lot with it. They were more practical, okay? Because they were thinking how that money could have been spent. And she was more in the moment. And as the body of Christ, there's times we have to get into the moment when God is moving and an opportunity opens up right in front of us to be Christ's hands and His feet and His words to a hurting and dying world instead of thinking about the practicality of our schedule, how busy we are, how much we've got to get accomplished today, how tired we are. Have you ever realized that sometimes you just feel tired and there's nothing in your schedule that you've scheduled to take a break from it? We stay pretty well booked up. I remember last weekend was a busy weekend for Greg. This weekend was a busy weekend for Greg. Greg's just meeting himself for the very first time because he's been so busy. And that's not Greg. But this is a very busy season for him. But if I know Greg, he's going to take some time to get a little slowed down, a little reflective on everything. That's very important for us because we stay so busy, sometimes we don't see the needs of what's going on around us. Working 60 to 80 hours a week will give you plenty of money and less of your family. Okay? And you can try to justify, you know, Pastor Mark, if I, if I don't do it, somebody's going to take my job. Then trust God. God is your source, not man. But God only gave you that family for a very short period of time, and I'm learning that lesson. Sometimes when we're working 60, 80 hours a week, we sacrifice our family, our church, working in our community, volunteering, giving ourselves to others, which is truly what's most important. 
The other story that I wanted to share with you today about something that was being remembered was from Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. And it's about the woman who gave. And it says, looking up, Jesus saw the people. Let's take a look at that just for a second. How many times do we look up and just see the people? Not all the people that are standing in line in front of us. Not all the people that are crowded in at a park. But Jesus saw the people. There's many times where he, he would even weep over them because he saw that they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Wherever he was, he was not about himself. He was about the environment that he was in. Do you understand that? And sometimes we get so concerned about us that we don't look at the environment that we're in. And God is saying, I just placed you in the middle of a hot pocket of hurt and despair and all you did was rush through it as quickly as you could. This life is not a race. Do you remember what I told you last week? That your life is not about how long you can live, but how well you can live it. Amen. Longevity is great, but man, I want to be impactful during those years that God has given me. So it's important that we understand. And he says, looking up, Jesus saw the people, especially the rich, dropping their gifts into the temple offering box. He noticed a poor widow drop into two small coins. I looked up those two small coins. And they said that the value of these two small coins were each a fifth of a penny to us. So it would take five of these to equal one cent. And she gave two of them. But that's all she had. You think you're poor? Come on. Amen. Come on. He said, I can guarantee this truth. This poor widow has given me more than all the others. All these people have given what they could spare, but she in her poverty has given everything that she had to live on. It's important that we realize that when we look at this scripture, it's not the size of the gift, it's the size of God in your heart. Do you understand? We have become very comfortable giving God out of our abundance. But when do we ever give out of the sacrifice? When does it truly cost us something? Do you understand? To truly cost. The definition of sacrifice is to give something of value for something that's of greater value. Do you understand? So if I said, uh, Joe Hochberg, man, I got this tissue for you. I want you to have it. It's my Memorial Day gift. Joe's going to look at it and say, he gave me a tissue for Memorial Day? He had a whole box of them. There was no value to this, so it meant nothing to him. And sometimes that's what we're giving to God. Hey, God, yeah, hey, I got some Skittles and a dollar. Since you don't do Skittles, I'll give you the dollar. Is that sometimes our giving to God? Is that sometimes the way that we look, not only at God in our giving, but in our lifestyle? That we're giving Him so very little time? You being here on Memorial Day is a great gift. But serving God tomorrow and on Tuesday and Wednesday and that your Thursday is victorious and Friday that you are just walking and worshiping and encounters with God means more than just coming and doing your duty on Sunday morning. You see, we've gotten very comfortable in paying our, our dues. And then we ignore the rest of the time. And I think God's more interested in, in you than your gift. Because once He has you, your gift becomes His gift. And sometimes we, we go into a new 
level of relationship when we understand. I told you today's message was going to be very different. This is not my normal style. You know normally I've already put up 30 scriptures. But I came across a story I really wanted to read to you. It's from K.P. Yohanan. He's a former Hindu from India and he's now the head of Gospel for Asia. And he tells a story in his book, Revolution in World Missions. And when he began to we first began sharing the burden for proclaiming the gospel and planting churches in Asia. A woman here in America was on a fixed income. And she wanted to help. So the first thing she did was she disconnected her telephone and her television service and sent the money each month that she saved to Johan to invest in telling the people in Asia about Jesus. And she gave faithfully every month for years. And sometime and that amount never actually decreased. It wasn't a large gift, but it was very consistent. And one month, a note was attached to her check, and it went something like this. I didn't miss my telephone and television, and not having them gives me more time to pray and study my Bible, and to visit others in need. I also realized that I didn't need to bathe in hot water or wash my clothes and dishes in hot water, so I turned off my water heater, and please find the enclosed in the increase in my monthly gift, and please keep sharing the gospel with those who have never heard about Jesus. Like the woman here in this scripture, this woman not only knew about what was important, but she also acted on her core beliefs about making a personal sacrifice. And tomorrow on Memorial Day, we recognize the sacrifice of men and women and why they would pay such a price. Because they were purchasing something far more valuable than life itself. And it's called liberty. It's interesting in baseball. There's a term. It's called a sacrifice. And if any baseball players are in here, we know what that means. That a batter would give up his ability to actually run the bases just so that someone that's already on the bases can further and do well for the entire team. You see, the person who's walking up to sacrifice their either bunting or, or hitting a pop fly so we can advance a runner, it really wasn't about them. It's about the player that was already out on the field. It's a very selfish, a selfless act. And we even see this, and I'd love to see more selfless acts within the body of Christ. More sacrifice given for those who are out there. It's important that we understand, just like the woman with the expensive jar of perfume, she perceived that Jesus was soon to die. And she knew that her sacrifice paled in comparison to that of her Savior. And in her eyes, it was a very small thing to give up this valuable possession to anoint the body for burial, since he was going to give up so much for her. And today, we remember her. This weekend, we remember people. Maybe... A new tradition with our family should be that we go out to the cemetery on Memorial Day and we lay flowers out at the graves of those who have given, who have served in our country. What a generation we'd be raising up if they saw us lead by example. It's important that we understand. But what will people remember us for? What will you remember me after I'm gone? I'd like to be remembered for important things, to be honest with you. I'd like to be remembered for giving up my rights and my possessions for the benefits of others. I'd like to be remembered for acts of kindness that lighten the load of hurting people. 
I'd like to be remembered as somebody who was quick to pray and slow to judge. That's the way I want to be remembered. But to have that memorial, I'm going to have to do some action. In closing, I'd like to give you an opportunity today, as I always make, to help you make the most important decision of your life. And that's to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To actually understand the sacrifice that was given on the cross for you. See, this week it was really interesting because God was showing me, Mark, that no matter what I did, He could not love me anymore. Have you ever really thought about that? That no matter what you do, God could not love you anymore. And it's not about your actions. It's not about what you do. It's not about who you know. It's about what you believe. And it says that we are saved by grace. Sometimes if you don't understand grace, this whole story makes no sense to you because you think everything has to be earned. But grace was free. Mercy, forgiveness, love, joy, hope, peace. These are what are at the table for you to come. And it's all you can eat. All you can consume. And the only thing is then you go and you give that out to everything that you're around and everyone that you encounter whether it's on the road or the workplace or your home or your neighbor, whatever the case may be. That's what's important. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer that will make you a follower of Jesus Christ. Becoming a disciple of Christ is understanding who He is and who you are and how you will become more like Him. That's the transformation that has to take place. See, we could go out and we could lead millions of people to Christ, but if we never teach them who they are and the power and the authority that they have as believers, the power and the authority of the Word of God, the power that they have to overcome situations, that the greater one is in Him, to stop becoming the victim and becoming the victor, that is what happens through discipleship. And that is what our hurting, dying world needs to hear today. That we have a way... So I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if today's your first day to make that prayer, or if you're hearing this over the internet, or it's important that you tell someone about that decision. And then to find a great church that will teach you the Word of God. To find great believers who will disciple you. To ask them to disciple you as a new believer. That's the responsibility of the body of Christ. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. Would you pray this with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and I am saved. Amen, amen, amen. Now, if you said that, there's rejoicing going on. And as I've told you, if this is your very first time, I hope I've ruined you for sin. I hope the things that you know that were destructive in your life will no longer be enticing to you. And the more time you spend in the Word of God, the more time that you spend worshiping, the stronger that power of God will grow inside of you. The more you will become hungry for more.
As I've told you many times, once you've encountered God, there is nothing else in this world that even compares to it. So, I want you to be hungry for God. I've talked this week about sacrifice, remembering. And we have a a few needs in the body that I'd like to present to you. Talked with Dino and Corianne. Dino, as you know, is our worship leader, is still recovering from pretty major surgery. I'd love for some food to get delivered to their house this week. Could someone make that sacrifice of time and prepare a, a meal for them? I'd love for someone to get in touch with Audrey, one of our seniors who fell yesterday and hurt her ankle, lives alone by herself. Would somebody be willing to contact Audrey and just see what a need might be? It might be a meal. It might be that she needs her yard mode. It might be that she just needs you to run to the store and get her something. Could somebody do that sacrifice? We've got Rob and Karen. Karen's been suffering from some headaches. And they've grown worse and worse and worse. And if you truly knew the work ethic of Karen, you know that for her not even to be here on a Sunday that we as a body of believers need to be praying over this situation. But could we do something for them down in Mansfield? You see, there are needs everywhere around us. Here are three practical, very practical needs that are in the body of Christ that we as a body could do this week to just show our love. Is it going to require some time? Yes. Would it require you to make a meal or purchase a meal? Yes. But are you going to feel completely different after you've done that act of service? Yes. So if you'd be interested in contacting Dino this week, contacting Rob and Karen, or contacting Miss Audrey, would you please come see me? And I'll get you in touch with them. And let's be the body of Christ in action. Let's make this Memorial Day more than just a cookout. Let's make this Memorial Day more than just a day. Let's make a memory that somebody will remember us by. Saying, I remember the day that my ankle was hurt and, and Doug came and mowed my yard for me. And I remember the time that we weren't feeling well and, and Bill came and, and, and brought us food. Those are the actions that will truly help us to be remembered and not just going through life. Thank you so much for t- coming today. Lastly, I wanted to mention to you, Sherry brought this up, but God's really been putting on my heart to start praying for our businesses. As you know, I, I do software sales during the week, so my, my card was the first one in the bucket, okay? I truly believe that even as we go into the summertime, we've really never made money a focus of the ministry, and giving has been down, and it's been given down for several months. And instead of coming to you and saying, you just need to give more and more and more, I felt like God was asking me to go upstream and speak a blessing over your businesses. And as God blesses your businesses and more and more comes into your life, would you give more not only to the church but to others? I want us to be the most generous, contagious church that's ever been out there. But not only for us just to pray for Lake House Church and your businesses, what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to ask for business cards from your family members and your co-workers. I'd actually like to see this box full of business cards. And no, we're not going to put them on a mailing list. We're never going to go through and take their emails and sell them or spam them. We're going to just be laying hands on them. We're just going to be praying. And we're going to believe that every believer, every person in here is not only going to feel the presence of God, but they're going to have favor in their workplace. Their workplace is going to prosper. They are going to prosper. And as they prosper, they'll be able to bless others. That's really what the body of Christ is all about. 
So can we fill this with business cards? You say, well, Pastor Mark, you've got great faith. No, I serve a great God. And just in this room alone, I bet we could fill this with business cards. And I'd love for us every week to be praying over this. So if you have a business card, I'd love for you to we'll put it on the back table to bring it next Sunday. Bring them. Tell your friends. Go to your neighbors. Here's a good reason to go to your neighbors. Our church is praying over businesses. Your name will never be entered into a database. We just want to pray over it. And then they may ask you, so do you really feel that God will bless my business? What an opportunity to start talking to them about what Christ has done in your life. What an open door for you. Maybe it's time that they see the church as a giving institution instead of a taking institution. So let's pray over these businesses. And let's fill this basket with our business cards from our friends, family members, strangers that you meet. Because we're going to be praying over them and their businesses. If you all would stand, I'd love to say the blessing as we leave today. I've got some great news for you. We don't have to tear down. All we have to do is have the lobby out today. So it's wonderful. There's nothing happening in the studios. Yes. I got better news for you. It's already been done. So all we get to do is just hug each other, tell each other how good looking we are and how much God loves us. So it would be really nice for us today. Let me speak the blessing over you all as we dismiss. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. And may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. So go in His peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thanks for coming out today.